Hello there. Happy Wednesday. I hope you are having just the most amazing July. I literally am currently on the road with a few of my coaches to St. Louis, Missouri. I am heading to Team Beachbody Summit. We have not had a live event of this size for two years. So it is, oh my gosh, I'm actually excited, you guys. And some of you are going to be like, is she really excited? Because you go, you know me, I am so introverted, but it has been a while since I have been surrounded by these amazing women in my community, and I just cannot wait to spend some time with them. I'm not going to lie, by Sunday, when we are driving back home, this is a 10-hour drive for me, I'm going to be tired and needing alone time. That is go- That is my reality, but that's okay. I am super pumped right now. And I'm really excited about today's episode because I have an awesome guest, which I have so many awesome, amazing women that come and join me on this show. Christina, Christina, excuse me, Christina Flack is my guest today. She is the founder and CEO of Pretty Girl Makeup. She's a celebrity makeup artist and she has like done the makeup to some pretty cool people and a sepsis awareness advocate. Christina and I connected because unfortunately, Christina has a lot of, uh, how do I even word this? Unfortunately, she's been through grief beyond grief, but she has turned her grief into grace and she has turned it into a way of helping other people. So Christina has lost several, many, too many important people in her life. And she and I talk a lot about how she has moved through it, how she has continued to thrive, how she's continued to be the most amazing mother. I think you're really going to resonate with this, obviously, especially if you've lost someone yourself. But at the end of the day, like I say, we're never going to get out of that unscathed. All of us are going to have to deal with that someday. And something that I have become more passionate about is just making people more aware. I said to my mom not too long ago, I never ever want to travel down the road of grief like I did when I lost my dad. I am not available to handling grief like that again. I know too much now, but I think that we can prepare ourselves and our minds and our hearts in a much different way if we continue to talk about it and educate people on it. And that is one of my passions for my platform. And I know that you're going to love Christina. You're going to love all the things that we talked about and what she shared and how you can prepare yourself mentally, physically, spiritually in all the ways. Hope you like this one, guys. Welcome back to In Total Alignment with me, your host, Michelle File. Not too many years ago, I was far from feeling aligned in my life. I was stressed out, 80 pounds overweight, insecure, and happy, but really unhappy if that makes sense. Life was happening to me instead of me creating the life I desired. In one small twist of fate, almost eight years ago, After a 20-year career as a top 100 Aveda salon and spa owner, I completely changed the trajectory of my life. On my way to rising to the top of my network marketing company, I completely changed my mindset, spirituality, health, and finances. And this is where I get to share it all with you. I hope to bring you guests, experiences, insights, and conversations that will help you elevate your life too. 
Creating a holistic approach to success is my goal. Are you ready? Let's go. Well, hello, you guys. Welcome back to In Total Alignment. And I have another really amazing guest that I've actually just met. So I am here to learn all about Christina Flack as well. Christina, I'm so uh, happy to have you here sharing your story with us. I would love for you just to introduce yourself and share just a little bit about yourself with my audience. Well, thank you for having me. Um, My name is Christina Flack. I am the creator and CEO of Pretty Girl Makeup. I am also a celebrity makeup artist. I am the mother of five. I was married to Ken Flack. He was the former number one doubles player in the world with his partner, Rob Seguso. Um, He sadly passed away in 2018 from sepsis. So since then I have been, the Sepsis Alliance uh, contacted me after Ken passed away and asked if I'd be willing to raise awareness um, to teach people about the, you know, the signs of sepsis. And so Mm -hmm. I've been doing that. And I have also been, and I don't know how this segued into, but it did into grieving in a positive way. And so I have been, um, since Ken passed, I started an educational uh, fund for him at the Northern Lights School in Oakland, California. It is a private school for predominantly uh, minority kids that are there on scholarship. And um, I also have an educational fund set up for my son, Bo, who passed away there as well. And we started a um, outdoor classroom at the Edna McGuire School in Mill Valley, California. Um, And it is called the Bo Friedman Outdoor Classroom. So it's fantastic. It's a a garden, there's fruit trees, there's chickens, uh, there's a kitchen. Uh, The kids can do science experiments, they can cook, they grow vegetables and fruits. Um, and I am very passionate about education and nutrition. And I feel that if kids are exposed from a young age to eating well, or having the choices of eating well, that they will continue that throughout their life. So Mm -hmm. that's what I do. Well, Christina, I don't know how much time you have, but I feel like I could unpack every single thing that you just said. Uh, But, you know, truthfully, what I would love to dig in a little bit more on is grief and grieving uh, through tragedy, grieving with a smile on your face. I, I went through a really pretty huge grief journey just over the last five years I lost my dad and it was really the first person first really special person I'd lost in my life and it really did bring me to my knees so it is something I am so passionate about sharing it's really one of the pillars of of my business is helping helping people grieve in a way that um actually is empowering and can open up so many doors. And I feel like that's clearly what you've done with the situations that have been brought to you in your life. You've taken them and turned them in a way to make it helpful to other people. So I would love for you just to share a little bit more how, how you do help people with that. Well, it's interesting. I was on a hike by myself one day and I would, have these conversations in my head with my husband and I could hear him saying to me, I can't stand watching you, you know, in bed at night crying and I can't comfort you the way I did. And then I had thought about that because how would I feel if I was looking down on him or my kids or my friends and family and I couldn't comfort them and they were just constantly depressed and sad and not living their best life and being their most productive, happy self. So I thought the best thing that I can do 
to honor my husband and not make him feel terrible up in heaven <laughs> is to, you know, help others by raising awareness. Um, and, you know, with the educational funds for, for he and my son, Bo, I also think it doesn't mean you don't miss your person when they're gone. If, you know, you don't get over it. You learn to manage your grief. And I've, so I think what I've tried to teach people with the beginnings of grief, it's so intense, as you know, mm -hmm. I think that if I just remember thinking, if I didn't get too hungry or too tired or too thirsty and didn't work out, things were a lot easier to manage when, when I got any of the, the above, if I got too hungry, too tired, too, whatever, everything just was magnified a million times worse. So what I try to teach people at the beginning is to really be a little bit more disciplined than normal. I worked out twice a day. Well, it didn't have to be hard. It could be a walk or go to yoga, hike. I rode my horse. Um, and I just made sure that I woke up at the same time. I ate really clean and healthy. I didn't eat a lot of sugar. I didn't drink a lot of alcohol. And I tried to um, meditate once or twice a day, even if it's for five minutes. Um, and then before bed, it helped calm my mind. Because I, I found that my mind would be spinning at the end of the day. And it was hard for me to, to sleep, right? Yeah. I love, you're just, this is my whole mission. I mean, primarily my business is health and wellness. And one of the things that I was so glad and grateful that I had in my life was that disciplined approach to my nutrition, to my fitness, to my morning routine, because if I hadn't had those foundational pieces in place, I could see crumbling even in a bigger way. And I think it's something that people almost give themselves a little excuse while well, I'm going through this. So I shouldn't, I'm just not even going to worry about that. I'm just going to drink a bottle of wine every single night. And I'm going to not worry. Like, how could I ever worry about working out and taking that kind of time when I'm grieving? But the exact opposite is true. It's, it's so much more important. And for Absolutely agree with you. Yeah. For my situation, my dad passed away of cancer. So there's also the health thing. I don't want, if I, if I can do anything to help it, I don't want to do that to my own little girl, you know? So it's made health an even more bigger passion of mine. So I I'm just really grateful that you shared that. I I'm grateful that we share that, that opinion. Yeah. No, it's true. And honestly, you breathing, it's not something that you you know, it, people do use it as an excuse and, oh, well, I want to eat what I want to eat. I want to do, it's not helping. Mm -hmm. If it helped, I'd say, drink the wine, eat the pizza, eat a piece of cake and gain a hundred pounds, but it's not, it's just masking it and making it worse. Now you have, instead of the grieving situation, now you've got like five other problems. You've got, you know, you could start taking pills, uh, drinking alcohol, gaining a bunch of weight, you know, you're now you have health issues. So I just think, completely what you're saying. If you can kind of control what you can control, it will be a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So how have you, you said you were a mom to five, which, wow, that's amazing. You are busy, 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 busy. Um, how did you help them through the grieving process? the best I could do is even keep my head in a good place and, you know, set a good example for them. Um, 
you know, they saw me crying. They saw me angry. They saw me frustrated. They saw me scared. They saw me all those emotions. I didn't hide any of it from them, but they also saw me trying to rise above it and to be as graceful and dignified as I possibly can could during a very challenging time. Yeah, I agree. It's, I think it's so important to be open. Something that I didn't do was I sort of hid all of my emotions and tried to be that strong one for my mom, for the rest of the family. And I sort of felt like, oh, if I just look like I'm fine, everything else will be fine. And, and I think that prolonged the whole situation. <laughs> like it just, it, it has to come out. One of us are good enough actors. Like people can see through it. Yeah. So it, it, I think it's just better to be your, how you're feeling. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be, yeah. Yeah. you know, terrified are all those emotions. They're all, you're allowed to feel all of them, right? Yeah. I, do you feel, I think this is a problem in our society is there's a little bit of a stigma around grief when you lose someone that you should sort of be over it in a certain amount of time. I actually had someone say to me a year later, well, that's good. You wrapped up that first year. And I just felt like, I feel worse than ever right now, but they made me feel like, oh, I'm, how do you help people through that? If you've had someone sort of share that with you? I think, you know, everyone has all these pre, I think, first of all, as a culture, we're very ill-prepared to dealing with grief. Okay. First of all, second of all, I think no one's grief is worse than anyone else's. And, you know, I think having gone through, I've lost my mother, I lost my son, my husband, my business partner. Um, I, I've lost a lot of people, you know, you don't get, like we said earlier, you don't get over it. And it's really not okay for someone to assume people don't know what to say. So they feel like they're, you know, they, they people do genuinely mean well, they try to say something that's going to feel nice. I remember one woman after my son passed away, my, my two youngest are twins and my son Bo passed away on Christmas day when he was four and a half months old. And I remember this woman coming up to me who I hardly knew. I saw her at a soccer game that my kids were playing. And she said, well, I heard your, your baby died. Um, well, at least you have the other one. And I thought, you know, I kind of liked both. And then I had another woman come up to me and say, oh, you know, I lost my baby as well. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. How old was your baby when it passed away? She goes, well, he really wasn't born yet. I, I was, you know, six weeks pregnant. I'm like, okay, I was so irritated. I just said, how are you comparing your skipped period, which you're not even sure you were pregnant, to my baby who was four and a half months old and had brothers and sisters and cousins and parents and toys? And like, how do you, I know she meant well, but oh my gosh. And I think probably that day I was extra tired and (laughs) and I was ready to stab anybody in the eye. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, people, we know that they don't mean it to sound like that, but everybody's so uncomfortable with talking about grief. Things come out that they don't, and that they don't even, they don't mean, they don't mean, they know logically that makes no sense. But we, like you said, as a society, we are so afraid to talk about something that is going to happen to us all. I mean, I always say, if you haven't lost someone special yet, you know, enjoy these moments because life really changes. Like 
things like you can't even imagine inside of you are going to change, but you, but why not be prepared for that? Why not actually prep yourself with what am I going to say to those people? Or how could I make someone more comfortable that has lost someone? I think it's just such an important conversation. And I'm glad that I'm glad that you're sharing your experiences because my goodness, you've, you've had a lot of loss. And I think that's, it's really incredible how you, you can really turn that around. And I think my daughter had said something to me after my husband passed away. She said, you know, mom, you have to be grateful for the time you had with daddy. You just have to be grateful for it. And I think when you look at it from that perspective of we're not guaranteed anything. So we should be very grateful for, you know, I was married to Ken for eight years and I'm grateful for those years. I wish I had 800 years, but unfortunately I didn't. So you can only, if you come from a place of gratitude, it, it does make things a lot easier. And, you know, it was another thing that's very interesting. People would say, well, if my husband died and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. If it's when, I know mine died earlier than most. I didn't expect to be widowed at this age, um, but it's, it's very interesting that people don't think that, that it's going to happen to them. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, it is. And I try to share the message that you need to love yourself first because marriages are amazing. Partnerships are amazing. Relationships are amazing. But at the end of the day, the only relationship you have that is going to last for your entire life is the one with you. So, you know, if you, if you're not spending a lot of time with yourself and growing yourself and, and loving yourself, it's really going to be sad when you lose these people that inevitably are, are gone you lose yourself is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of people do that. They lot. I, I mean, I would say that happened to me. I was so used to being Ken's wife and, and then I wasn't. And then my kids were off in college and I'm like, Whoa, I'm an empty nester and widowed. Like, how did this happen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. To get used to that. You yeah. know, as much as I spend time alone and I feel like I like myself. I love myself, but you know, when you're, it's almost a shock to your body. I couldn't sleep without him next to me. Mm-hmm. And I was used to having my person with me all the time. And then you're not. So it's, it's hard to kind of find your new, I think that's what it is. Try to find your new normal mm-hmm. because your old normal doesn't exist anymore. And I think that's, what's hard. I, I remember my agent called me a couple days after Ken passed and I'm always happiest when I'm on a set shooting some fashion or whatever, something. And so I just told my agent, could you please just book me a shoot? Like as soon as possible, I don't care who it's with, how much they pay me, just do it. Because I thought if I can get on set, I'll feel normal again. And I couldn't, I remember waking up in the morning going, oh, I can't wait to get there. And then I got there and I didn't feel normal. I still felt just as dreadful. In fact, worse, because I'm like, what am I doing here? My husband died seven days ago. And I want to shoot. And I, like, I was so out of my mind. Yeah, you really, you really do. I mean, it, especially when your your partner passes away, it is your whole everything's different. You're, the person isn't in your bed anymore. You're not sitting and eating supper. Any, like, I, I mean, there's everything is different, and you really have to create this whole brand new life. I know my mom, even at seventy one, I even more so at 71, she's, she literally never lived by herself. And all of a sudden, five years ago, she's like, 
um, excuse me, like now I have to live by myself. Like it's just creating this whole new life that, uh, can be scary for sure, but then there's empowering, empowering moments to it all too, once you embrace it. So tell us a little bit about your company. I, I was that, so while you were going through these losses, did you have, I think it's called pretty girl, pretty, pretty girl, see pretty girl makeup. Yeah. Pretty girl makeup. So tell us a little bit about that. I'm well, as I said, I am a makeup artist and I created um, a line called Pretty Girl. Oh my gosh, a long time ago, 1999. Um, I worked with a beauty chemist and formulated lip plumper and lip gloss and all these different products. And so um, I have a new partner now, Jordan Hall, who's right over there. <laughs> he hates when I talk about him. We're in Denver actually with meetings with our investors and we're oh, creating okay. a new company. But um, so anyway, I love, it's so much fun creating the line, but I have a great balance because I still do photo shoots. I'm actually flying back to Los Angeles today. I'm working on a TV show for the Food Network with Tyler Florence, which oh, is uh, super fun. So I will be down in LA until April uh, working on that. And between that, you know, Jordan and I are working on Pretty Girl and creating our new company. We have a new company coming out soon. We, I can't unfortunately say the name of it yet because we're kind of finalizing what it is, but that time, is amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. So your, your makeup that you already sell lip plumper. And so what makes your line different than someone else's? Well, it is very long lasting. I was, you know, I started it because I was a mom driving all over the place, drinking water, putting on lip gloss. It was this constant battle and I couldn't find one that lasted long enough that wasn't drying to my lips. So I thought, well, I'll just create my own because I thought it would literally take a week. And it took over a year to formulate the texture and the color. So it's, it's a kind of an interesting process. You, you, know, you meet with the beauty um, chemist, tell them kind of what your goals are, what the ingredients that you'd like to have in it. And then they formulate something and send you samples and you try it out on your friends and family and send back notes. So it, it is a much longer process than I had anticipated, but I enjoyed it so much. And it, even now we're in a new phase, we're expanding and it's, it's really great. I've told my kids, if you can figure out what you love doing so much that you don't mind not getting paid because you start a company, you're not instantly making money. So you have to enjoy it so much because it's seven days a week and it's constant and it's a lot more time and money than you expect. But if you're enjoying the process and who you're working with, Jordan, <laughs> um, <laughs> not, he's like, I'm not here. Uh, it's, it's so much better. It's great. I wake up every day. I mean, either I'm excited to be working on our company or I'm excited to be on a photo shoot. Yeah. So it's, it's great. I have a really great balance of my life. It's amazing. And I, I'm going to bring this right back to grief because that's something that I learned through that sort of rocky period is you need to be loving every single day. You need to be waking up and loving every single moment of your life because it goes by too quickly as you learned in many circumstances and myself as well. You want to make sure that, you know, I have so many women that listen that are stuck in careers that they don't love stuck in relationships that they're not happy in. And life is just too short to be, to be doing that. So it's 
really amazing that you went and created this company that brings you so much joy. I can, no one else on listening to this can see your face, but I can tell you light up when you talk about your company. So it's so incredible. I don't understand. I, I, I really do feel that life is very short. It makes no sense to me. If I hear anyone complaining about their job, change it, go do something else and stop making excuses. There's no excuse for that. Um, and it goes for the same. You don't like where you live, make change. Change is a little bit uncomfortable, but you know, it's the best thing. It's yep. super cool. And you know, I think also when you love the person you're with, love the hell out of them and you know, don't waste time. People waste so much time. Oh, we need more time. Yep. I, I don't believe in that. I think you find your person, love them as much as you can, as long as you can. And the same with your work, enjoy it, love it, or make change. People get so, oh, I don't want to hear about people making excuses. It drives me insane. <laughs> I can, I totally agree with oh. you. And I, and I, and I agree if you don't like it change, I actually was listening to a podcast this morning and they were talking about birds. When birds get uncomfortable, when they start getting too cold, they head south, they move. And we are these human beings that will sit in discomfort and not liking something for years and years and years and never change. It makes absolutely no sense. You know, if you think about it, you know, there's no mistakes. So let's say you make a change and it's not the right change. Well, it's led you to another change, make another change. There's no, someone asked me on a podcast, I don't know, like a week ago, well, aren't, weren't, weren't you scared? You know, are you scared about doing these things? And I'm like, no, I'm more scared not to do these things. Yes. I'm more scared not to find someone to love. I'm more scared not to create. Like yesterday, Jordan and I were in a boardroom with our investors and it, a lot of it was, I was very uncomfortable. I kept kicking him next to me like, I don't want to listen to these numbers. It's like too much. But I had to sit there and be uncomfortable. I have to. I can't be a CEO and just go, okay, you do it. I can't, I don't want to know about it. It's, it's ridiculous. I, 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 I was listening to a, a, a meditation this morning about embracing being uncomfortable. It was a monk um, that every when he first went to become a monk, uh, they woke up you know, before dark, before light, and they would go take a cold shower and he hated it. He hated it. But it was one of those things where, okay, you're starting out your day in this uncomfortable place. Well, everything else is not going to seem quite so awful because you've already had that. And to just embrace being uncomfortable for a minute and push yourself a little further. If you're exercising, go 30 more seconds. If you're sitting in a meeting that's uncomfortable, just embrace it. And I think that was such a great thing for me to hear because there's a lot of times that I'm feeling anxious, I'm uncomfortable, and I just, my first reaction is get me out of this but I'm learning to go, I'm going to sit 30 more seconds. And I pushed myself a little harder this morning at the gym when I woke up at 5.30. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do 30 more seconds of everything I'm doing. And that pushing yourself with that extra 30 seconds actually is going to give you so much more confidence and feel, you just feel so much better about yourself because you just did that tiny bit more. Yeah. So oh, if, if, if the best thing, if, if we could all just do 30% more, 30 more seconds, how much better your life's going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you never wake up feeling empowered when you've just stayed in, just stayed in comfort when you haven't done anything and no success comes from comfort zone. Like nothing anyone does big, big or small. It doesn't have to be big, you know, launching a new business. It can just be little things, but it, it, 
every change is going to make you uncomfortable, but then you feel like such a empowerment after you've done it. That is exactly the right word. And also he said, it was interesting. Wake, set your alarm. If you use one for 10 minutes earlier Mm -hmm. and don't push snooze and get up and just see how different your day can be with those extra 10 minutes. What are you going to do with those extra 10 minutes? What can you do positive and make your life or the world a better place with 10 minutes? Yeah. Surprised. It's so true. I mean, I think so many people get stuck in patterns that are not elevating their life when they could just make these little tweaks every single day that when you end your life, you're going to say, wow, you know, just those little habits I created, those new changes I created. And, and here I am versus if they would, they, the, my biggest fear is ending my life and not having done all these amazing things that I want to do. I just can't. That's the, that's the good fear that pushes you to yeah. greatness. Yeah. To being exactly. exceptional. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, Christina, this has been amazing. How can my listeners find out more about you, learn more about you, maybe buy some of your products? Well, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to our website, prettygirlmakeup.com. Jordan and I are offering a 25% discount code with the word pretty girl. Uh and we're on Instagram and Facebook, Christina Flack Makeup, if you want to see my uh, work. And uh, Pretty Girl Makeup is P-R-E-T-T-Y-G-I-R-L-M-K-U-P. And awesome. yeah, Facebook. Yeah, amazing. Well, I'm going to keep my eye out on you guys. And Jordan, I feel like you should be on this podcast as well. <laughs> you can say hi. Hi. Oh, he's really hiding. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I will be keeping my eye on you guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. can't wait. We're to- trying to be trying to be grownups. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> Anyways, Christina, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to have you and hear more from you. It was awesome. Thanks thank so, so much, much for taking time. It was so nice to meet you. It-